Welcome, my friend. It's 2020. I'm excited. It's important for us to get excited in the Lord. How we start things, projects, anything that we do, how we start creates a tempo and a certain energy. And if we start it right, we have a much better chance of living it right. If I can live a day where I'm excited and accurate about things, that's a good day. If I can string together a series of those days where I truly stir up my gift, as the New Testament would say, and get excited about things and perform at a higher level, I can have an exciting week. What if I strung together several weeks? I could have an exciting month. Now... I've started the new year off with a good pace, a good tempo, and I can have a promising year. I'm excited to bring some of these ideas to you today that salvation is more than heaven. It starts now. We are to start living it out now. Welcome to Jesus Smart, the podcast. My name is Brian Del Turco. This is episode 104. Encourage you to go back and catch episode 100, which was our milestone episode celebrating highlights over the course of the first 100 episodes. We heard from some listeners, a great episode, episode 100. And then, little secret here episodes 101 to 103 deal with themes around Christmas and New Year's. But why am I telling you about that in January? Because those are universal themes. There are 365 themes, 365 days of the year, and you can go back and listen to that as well. I encourage you. This is episode 104, so we're kind of beginning a new season at the beginning of 2020. We are born again for something now, not just to go to heaven someday. Little little tangential thought here. It's really not about heaven anyway. It's about the new heavens and the new earth and the restoration of all things to be accurate about what the scriptures say is coming. But even that, salvation is more than even that because it begins now. You and I are recreated in Christ Jesus for good works. These are unique things. And I want to talk with you about living that out individually, as well as with others in a company of believers. But it's not about just going to heaven someday. It's not even about the future new heavens and new earth, which are to come. It's about now. The question is, will we experience these good works? It says in Ephesians 2.10, Paul writes that we are the workmanship Poemo in the Greek, the work of art, the, the, the product of an artisan. We get our English word poetry from that word. We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The question is not, has God prepared something for us? The question is, will we walk it out? We are his workmanship. There is a partnership involved. It's a creative term, an artistic term, poemo. It's a design term. When we come to Christ, we are born again. We are regened, regenerated, 
and we are remade in Christ to execute on unique things that he has prepared for us in terms of our lives, in terms of what he wants us to do, in terms of the will of God for our life. I've really been thinking most recently, like even this morning in my own personal time with the Lord about the will of God. It's so important that we seek to hone in and execute on what he has for us, the will of God in all things. So I want to think and pray in these categories. See if this captures your imagination. The Father, category one, the Father has special plans for me, which he has prepared in advance. It's equally the same for you. Unique plans. These are the works that he has prepared for you. That's category one. I want to think and pray and begin to move in that category. Category two, when I'm recreated in Christ, I'm connected to those unique plans. Something happens where my life is realigned and I'm reconnected to those plans and to the good works that he has prepared for me to live out, to walk out, to work out. And so are you equally so. That's category two. And category three, I get to walk them out, sort of a new hyphenated word I've created, Christ hyphen energy. I get to walk them out with Christ energy. That's the third category. So I want to begin to think, to imaginate, to ideate, to journalate. Is that a word? You know, to journal, <laughs> to pray, and then to begin to move into a space before me where I've imagined and, and thought and prayed about and spoken God's word over and begin to actually move in it, take baby steps, begin to actuate it. Those are three categories. Again, the Father has special plans for us, which he has prepared in advance. Category two, as I'm recreated in Christ, I'm reconnected to those unique plans. There's a loop back to time way in the past when he was thinking even before the creation of the world about you and about the plans he has for you. And category three, I get, you get to walk them out with an extraordinary energy, Christ energy, as we align with the Holy Spirit, as we walk in line or in order in step with the Spirit, as we process with Jesus in his sanctifying work in our life, as we cooperate with Jesus in his developmental work, we allow him to coach us up. We get to walk these plans out with Christ energy. Just a very tiny infomercial here about the podcast itself. It's growing towards the end of 2019, the last two or three months. It more than doubled its footprint in terms of downloads, and it continues to appear that it's on a trend line where it's growing, and we appreciate that. If you're new here, the best thing you can do is subscribe. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to it. And if you like a given episode or just the podcast in general, that's the number one way I hear that podcast audiences develop and the messaging goes further is by word of mouth, that most trusted form 
of uh, getting the word out. It's that ancient word or, or that ancient promotional tactic of word of mouth. So let me share something now about living the pages in God's book. And I'm not referring to the Bible. I'm talking about a different book that God has. When I live the pages in God's book, I'm not talking about the pages of the Bible. Though we do get to live in the Word. We get to live in the extraordinary promises of that book, too. And I'm believe me, I have a super high view of the Bible, a verbal plenary view, if you want to get all nerdy and theological about it. The thoughts of God expressed through the words of the inspired writers of the scriptures. And that when we keep reading, as one great leader says, when we keep reading the scriptures until we hear the living voice of the Spirit coming to us through the written word, that's when all bets are off. That's where faith comes from, and we can live in extraordinary promises within the inspired scriptures of the Bible. But there's another book that God has. I'm referring to a book that we don't often think about, and David refers to this in Psalm 139, verses 15 and 16. He says, God, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. There it is. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. And I think it's just a few verses preceding Psalm 139. That's verses 15 and 16. David says that I am fearfully and wonderfully made. That my soul knows very well. And God, I will praise you. Have you ever thought about that? Actually being grateful for you actually praising God for you because you are fearfully and wonderfully created. I'm talking about your physicality. I'm referring to your psychology, your soul realm, and I'm referring to that unique dimension of your spirit. You are unique. You're a unique prism, a unique lens through which the light and energy of Christ can refract into this world, splashing colors and hues that no one else can bring. And you're needed, and you're needed to run with others that God wants you to run with, other brothers and sisters in Christ. Praise Him, because you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Every cell in your body, every organ, every system, the way you look, your skin, your hair— the entirety of your physicality from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. Never, ever speak ill of it. Never hate it. Never be ungrateful for it. Say with David, I am fearfully and wonderfully made that my soul knows very well. And I praise you, God, for me. Not just my first birth, I also praise you for my second birth in which I've been regenerated, regened, a new species of being in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. But this book here that David refers to, when, when we come into Christ, we are connected to those pages in God's book. We don't know everything that's written there. 
all those days that are ordained and, and all of the lines and the content and the works that he has prepared for us to do and the way that he wants us to live. We know some things, but not everything. In fact, I would like to suggest that, that we know a lot less than is there. But here's the good news. By faith, we can progressively experience these pages as we pray into them by faith, trusting what is there. I say pray the pages. Prophesy the pages over your life. Perform the pages. Praise as to what's on the pages. And I believe, my friend, 100% that as we progress in our relational knowledge of Christ, he will show us more about everything. Check out the Apostle Paul's prayer in Ephesians 1, 15 to 19, where he prays for the Ephesian believers. And, and this is so powerful to pray this over yourself. I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge, and that's a relational advanced knowledge of Christ, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you would know the hope of your calling and so on. Ask to increase in a spirit. It's a spirit that you carry. It's a sentiment of your heart. It's a spirit in which you live and move, a, a relational knowledge, a spirit of wisdom and knowledge in Christ, and in that, everything that he has for you, the good works that he has prepared for you. I've got some P words here for you. Pray, praise, proclaim, perform. Okay? I say pray about what's on the pages of the Creator's book. Even if you have no specific sense about things, or you have some sense, but you know there's more there and you really don't know what it is, you may suspect something, but you're not quite sure, just pray that you would know them as you know Christ. As you progressively know Christ, that more of what's off more of what's on those pages would come off of them into your consciousness and into your reality, and that the content of the pages will be manifested in your life. I just love the verse, the verses in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, that we can trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not on our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct and straighten and smooth our paths. It means that as we lean into the Lord instead of our own understanding and acknowledge him, that means to know him by direct, intimate contact. In all of our ways, we acknowledge him. In all of our pathways, it means in the Hebrew, all of our course of activity, our mode of action, we, we, we know him by direct, intimate contact. And it says there that he, in, in the Hebrew that he will smooth out, straighten our pathways, give us direction, give us an acumen and an accuracy that we need by trusting in the Lord and leaning away from our natural mind and leaning into the mind of the Lord. So pray what's on the pages. Those things you already know that's on the pages, maybe things you've already have begun to see manifest, but also the mystery, what's there that you don't know yet. Just pray over it. Pray that you would know it. Pray that it would manifest. Pray that God's will will be done on earth even as it is in heaven. That's the pray. Praise. Prayer, praise, proclaim, perform. Number two, praise. Praise God for what's on the pages. Just thank Him. Praise Him in advance. Praise is a way maker. I mean, look at the patterns and precedents that we see in the Old Testament. Praise, the priority of praise, 
creates a way when there is no way. It overcomes seemingly impossible odds. Praise is a way maker. So begin to thank him. Just like the, the verses in Psalms 139, Lord, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. I, I know it well, and I praise you for me. <laughs> I praise you for what you have for me. I praise you for what you have for others. I praise you and thank you and glorify you for what you have for me and others as we run together in the church. So pray, praise, proclaim, perform. Number three, proclaim. Proclaim what's on the pages. Speak out what you begin to sense from the Holy Spirit. Say it before it comes to pass. Prophesy. Be like God in Romans 4, 17 to 22, calling those things that be not as though they are. You do know that God changed Abraham's name to reflect his future. And Abraham had to use that name. And everybody else had to call him by that name and began to call those things that be not as though they are. So proclaim. And then finally perform. Begin to perform what's on the pages. We can take baby steps and begin to execute on what the Holy Spirit is saying about us. We can lean in the direction of the pages. Pray them. Praise them. Prophesy them. Perform them. Begin to perform and move on what's on the pages. Begin to execute on what the Holy Spirit is showing you and saying about you, the good works that God has prepared for you to walk in about everything, about wellness, about relationships, about your home, about your transportation, about your finances, about your personal world about the work that you do, the business that you run, the cause that you're connected with, the mission that you have, that that passion project, that thing that you feel God has called you to do, that kingdom contribution. I like to call it a kingdom contribution. Sometimes I pray, Lord, give us a spirit of might concerning the kingdom contribution that you want us to render. Now, can I encourage myself and you to not to hyper individualize this. Yes, it's about your story, but it's in relation with others in the body of Christ. We're so good, especially in the Western world at individualizing everything. Resist that hyper individualization. It's limiting. Look to the spirit. Ask the Lord to rightly engraft you in a company of believers, the local church. Also, it could be perhaps a smaller group as well, sort of supplemental to the local church, if you want to call it a micro-ecclesia, a group that is perhaps niche, perhaps shares common passions, and where you can fight for each other's dreams and faith and stimulate one another to love and good works, as Hebrews says to do. But look to the Lord to be rightly engrafted into a company of believers. You know, we, we have these individual stories. But the highest expression of them is where we seek uh, to see them fit into the grand story of Jesus. And in that, we're meant to run with others in the pursuit of the good works which God has prepared for us. In fact, you may find this challenging, but I believe there are some things that we quite probably will not experience without this. You see, we need each other. It's the way the Holy Spirit has designed things. It's the way the Lord has designed his ecclesia, the church. 
the giftings within the body of of Christ will work symbiotically with you and you with them, and you will draw out together more potential than if you were stuck in a silo. You will help others. They will help you. It's just the way that Jesus has designed it. I would even encourage you, if you feel led, to really submit what you do to leaders in the Lord that you respect, leaders who honor you, who have your best interest in mind. Seek out their perspective and input as you begin to move into new things and more fully express the good works that God has prepared for you to walk in. You may need to run in in tight kingdom clusters, I call them, as well as the larger local church. These kingdom clusters are niche. You may find this within the local church in which you are engrafted, or often we have to go translocal with this to experience it, depending upon what your niche is, depending on how far you want to go, how fast you want to go, how high you want to go. If you want to become a specialist, if you really want to run with something and make a dent, a kingdom impact, you may have to relate to other brothers and sisters that may represent several local congregations, but it's still a kingdom cluster. And I see it as sort of an affiliate uh, uh, association or, or another layer of, of, of the society of Jesus, the body of Christ that we are called to relate to. There is a kingdom webbing with believers between churches, which is often it's, it's necessary. You may already know that deep down. You may be feeling, uh, you know what? Yes, I know that's true. But I do believe this is an edge the Holy Spirit is developing with some, especially on some strategic kingdom initiatives. So think with me about this. It's not just about going to heaven someday. Our destiny in Christ is not just that. For sure, we will be actively involved in Christ enterprise in the new heavens and the new earth. And we are to keep part of our vision on that horizon, loving the appearing of the Lord, looking for the renewal of all things that the scriptures speak of, that Jesus spoke of. The heavenly city is coming down to a renewed earth And we will be involved in Christ's enterprise creatively. But it starts now when we're born again. I encourage you to read John chapter 3, verses 1 through 8, which record Jesus' conversation at night with a Jewish leader, Nicodemus, about being born again, beginning to see and enter into kingdom reality now. Our life now is a seed. Dallas Willard says that. I love that thought. Is this something that that you agree with, that you resonate with? Our life is a seed in a real sense of who we always will be and what we always will be doing in the new heavens and the new earth. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.12 that we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit that is from God, so that we may understand the things freely given to us by God. Everything that he has freely given, everything that he wants us to begin to walk in, the good works that he has prepared for us to walk in since before the foundation of the world, we are his workmanship. We've not received the spirit of the world once we're in Christ, but the Holy Spirit, the spirit that is from God so that we can understand 
those things freely given to us by God, 1 Corinthians 2.12. So when you're with the Lord in the word and prayer, concentrate on these things. Meditate on that great psalm, Psalm 139, about the book and about being fearfully and wonderfully made. the, The whole psalm is just loaded with these themes. Meditate those scriptures and pray them. Sometimes you have to allow it to penetrate your inner man. You have to go over a verse. If you're praying a verse, pray it three times. Don't just skim over the top of it, but go back until you feel it registering deeper and deeper. Insist on the transforming words of God penetrating your life and bringing bringing change. You know, go to the passage in Ephesians 1. I really encourage you just to read verses 1 through 10. Or, or, or chapter 2, I'm sorry. Chapter 2, verses 1 to 10, especially verse 10, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God has prepared for us to walk in. Pray into these passages. Don't read the scripture, uh, if I could encourage you, just as a history book of what God said. Read it until you feel and sense his living voice coming through it to you, what he is saying to you in the now. That's what incites faith and creates faith, if necessary, out of nothing. It certainly increases your faith. Ask the Father in Jesus' name to lead you by the Holy Spirit and bring you into all that he has in mind. If we will get excited, like I said at the top, I mean, not just, you know, razzmatazzing ourselves and, and, and just some kind of a false uh, whoopee-doo, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about if, if we will stir up the gift that's in us, get into the word, get into prayer, and authentically excite ourselves in the Lord. You know, it says in Philippians 4.4, 4, rejoice in the Lord. Again, I say rejoice. Let your forbearing spirit be known to all men. The Lord is near. He's at hand. Be anxious for nothing but prayer and thanksgiving. So excite yourself. Get, get into a state of rejoicing in the Lord. I just know this. We need the accuracy and alignment that Jesus offers. I know that I desperately need it. And we need to see ourselves in full deployment as disciples of Christ, as kingdom agents. And we need to incite others to love and good works, as Hebrews says. We need to see others do the same. And we need to run in kingdom clusters with others who encourage us and help us to run the race to win it and help us to fight our fight to conquer. We need spirit strategy. You need it. I need it. We need transcendent tactics. I need it. You need it. We need it together as the body of Christ. And let's just remember this too. Let's go upstream. We need to waste ourselves on the affection of Christ as a priority like Mary did in John 12 at the feet of Jesus, pouring out like a year's salary worth of perfume and ointment and worship and adoration upon Christ. We need to waste ourselves on the affection of Jesus. It's from that reservoir at the feet of Jesus, pouring out everything on him, that we rise up to accurately, fruitfully do those things that he has prepared for us to do. My friend, if you're new here, I encourage you, consider subscribing to the podcast wherever you're listening to it. If you think this episode will benefit somebody, share it with them somehow on social media or email or however you can. We encourage that and I'm grateful for that. Remember, my friend, 
Jesus is righteous smart. I don't want to say wicked smart, which means really smart because, you know, he's righteous. So he's righteous smart. He knows how today works best. He knows how this week works best. He knows how January 2020 works best. And he knows how our life works at its highest capacity, its highest fruitfulness. He knows what makes life work beginning right now. Plus, here's the huge icing on top of the cake. The future belongs to him. The new heavens and the new earth are already glowing on the horizon. We can already live in the light of the age which is to come and the power of it and realize that, hey, my life is a seed. It's a seed for that time. And it's a seed right now to be planted and begin to grow and bear fruit. And this is the story that we're called to live. 